getting the best out of LinkedIn. This is the Learning Podcast with Ennio Sung. Welcome to the Learning with me, Ennio Global.media. See, as long as I've been in business, I've known that you can't depend on only one marketing method to get to all of your customers. Those that do have just one source of customers and leads eventually go out to business. It's the same issue with LinkedIn. You can't rely on LinkedIn connections alone to buy from you, not if you want to be profitable and sustainable in the long run. So whilst LinkedIn has many advantages of the social networks, there are other marketing methods to reach your target market. In today's learning, I'll tell you why you must look beyond LinkedIn and embrace other marketing methods that will bring you customers. I'll also make a major announcement about how the learning is changing and evolving to become even more helpful to businesses. So I've got a rough plan, and I'm going to tell you what's changed at Global.media and the learning, and then I'll touch on what's happening at LinkedIn and what LinkedIn's weirdness means for your business. I'll look at how to get your head around change the way we've done it, the way I've done it anyway, in a sense, you know, how I've managed to get myself from a LinkedIn is great and everything mindset to understanding that we need to move and the need to embrace a complete marketing mix. I'll tell you a couple of stories from a couple of books that I've read that have framed my thinking. We'll conclude today's episode by looking at other marketing strategies, other marketing methods that the learning will be covering going forward and that you may want to embrace and try for your business. So let's get into it. All right, look, we're all humans, right? And it's no surprise that we all love our comfort zone. The whilst LinkedIn has been my go-to lead generation method for me and my clients over the years, which are going on seven years, I'm now making a huge change. So I'm no longer going to rely on LinkedIn for all of my customers. Even more than that, I'm not going to drive all of my clients to LinkedIn lead generation as the way to get their clients. The words that are important there is all. I'm not going to drive everyone to LinkedIn lead generation because I don't think everyone can benefit from it. I don't think everyone is going to benefit from it. And I'm actually not, not going to rely on LinkedIn for all of my customers. I never have them anyway. So that's not really a big point. Look, I'm not running from LinkedIn altogether. I still pay LinkedIn my, for my sales navigator subscription every month. So I'll continue to use LinkedIn for marketing activities that is good for, that helps me and my clients. Similarly, I'm not stopping the learning anytime soon. Instead, in future episodes of the learning, while I talk about how to get maximum number of prospects from LinkedIn, I also turn the spotlight on how to get customers from other marketing methods. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the big change I'm announcing today. I can fully understand if you're a bit miffed about why the LinkedIn guy is suggesting that LinkedIn is not the only marketing method that there is. I will even understand if you're thinking that I may have run out of things to talk about when it comes to LinkedIn regeneration for this podcast, but nothing could be further from the truth. Here's what's happened and why I've lost faith in LinkedIn as the go-to marketing tool. And it's the same reasons I should begin to look at your LinkedIn dependency as well. So I woke up last Friday, Bank Holiday weekend, to find that my LinkedIn account and pretty much all of my clients' LinkedIn accounts have been temporarily suspended. LinkedIn was asking for ID verification. Now, when LinkedIn suspends your account, you have to be nervous that you've broken their rules. So you know, I was annoyed, furious, call it what you like, but I definitely wasn't happy. I was especially hacked off because LinkedIn just takes my money for the sales navigator subscription for the month on Friday. 
Anyway, I did upload my driver's license as Dintini requested and waited to hear from them. Within a couple of hours, I had clients on the phone asking what gone wrong with the LinkedIn access. I even had a couple of clients for whom we managed their social media posts calling me in panic. I tried to calm everyone down because we've not committed any major breach of LinkedIn rules and I advised them all to upload the ID document and wait for LinkedIn to do their thing. So by the evening, I had messages from friends and contacts who were asking me what's wrong with their LinkedIn access. So this was the first time it dawned on me that the clampdown and this thing that LinkedIn was asking this process of LinkedIn was suddenly giving all of them and blocking everyone's account was not just about me or my clients. So LinkedIn was blocking access for a lot more unsuspecting users. By Sunday evening, all of our LinkedIn accounts had been released from LinkedIn jail. My clients now were allowed to use LinkedIn freely again. I only know of two people whose LinkedIn accounts were permanently blocked for reasons that they don't know and obviously LinkedIn will not explain. I know that LinkedIn is highly strong and temperamental as far as, and for as long as I've been using LinkedIn, right? You as a user, you must also know that LinkedIn is temperamental and moody at best of times. I know that LinkedIn can make devastating changes to the platform. Their tool is their platform. And like any other social media platform, I guess, social network out there, they can suspend and block accounts randomly. Facebook does it. Everyone everyone does it, really. So worst of all, I'm more too aware that LinkedIn gets upset when you use it for what it's good for, which is finding professionals that you want to connect with and try to engage with. If truth be told, as I fallen out of love with LinkedIn about a year ago, when they started restricting the number of connection requests that you can make a day, a week, and so on. As soon as that happened, I started working on alternative marketing methods to generate leads for Global.media and for my clients. You have to add the fact that more than half of Global.media's clients come to us for social media marketing, not LinkedIn lead generation. And while many B2B companies struggle to get a stream of leads from organic social media posts, everyone benefits from brand awareness albeit with some sales that may not be as dependable as the number of LinkedIn prospects that we can get. And while many B2B companies struggle to get a stream of leads from organic posts, everyone benefits from brand awareness, albeit with some sales that may not be as dependable as the number of LinkedIn prospects that we can get. Look, in my quest to generate prospects, I mean, that is what I pride my marketing and lead generation services on, after all. I have moved towards providing targeted email marketing, and designing and managing ads on Facebook and Google as well. You will notice that I say targeted because LinkedIn has taught me that the most effective marketing that brings prospects comes from finding and talking with the right people in your target market. The more of them you can talk to, the more of them will be interested in what you do, and the more of them will want to talk to you. You see, you can do what we do on LinkedIn by targeted emails to the right people. And by talking with the people who have actually researched for your business or have shown strong intent to find out about your services. And my learning friends, designing and running these targeted marketing campaigns and methods is how I've been spending my days in between writing and recording the learning episodes for you. Look, I know change is difficult. So let's look at how I've got myself to move beyond LinkedIn so easily and so readily. When I first started Global.media, I knew there was no magic method to get clients for my customers. In fact, I always talked about the need for businesses to have a complete marketing mix. That was my hashtag. Hashtag complete marketing mix. So to me, a complete marketing mix 
essentially means that you, as a business, you need a website, a social media, and you need ads to build a profitable business. I've never deviated from the need to have a complete marketing mix for us here at Global.media, and I've always tried to aim for us having five or more marketing methods running at any one time. When it comes to my clients, most could not afford to invest in the cost to have a complete marketing mix. That's why we've focused on delivering LinkedIn lead generation. I mean, it's a simple process to guarantee X number of prospects for my clients for relatively little marketing budget. Alas, the time has come and it's time to move beyond LinkedIn. See, there are many ways to explain and say why I'm so chilled by moving on you know, and why you should be excited about moving on too. Let me give you some of the ideas from books that I've read that framed my thinking and mindset when it comes to change and this journey in particular. Anyone who knows me will know that I've never read a fictional book from cover to cover in all my years of life. I don't ever watch TV that's fictional. I only watch documentaries and sports, really. I don't watch, I can't watch just rubbish because I haven't got a brain to read it, to read or spend time with anything that's made up. Instead, I'm one of those very boring people who entertains themselves by reading textbooks that I can learn from. I've always been that way. It's how it is. So that said, there are two books I've read that have influenced my thinking in business, in life in general, and how I view marketing today. I'll tell you about them. It could be useful, but at least you know where I'm coming from. The first book I want to talk about is Jonathan Livingston Seagull by Richard Back that I read when I was 13 or 14, and it's stuck with me ever since. So Jonathan Livingston is a seagull that refused to follow the rest of the flock and scavenged for scraps of bread and fish on the boats. But whilst the rest of the flock were chasing food, the scraps in other words, Jonathan had a better idea. He wanted more from life. He preferred to spend his time improving his flying ability. Now, anyone who's ever seen a seagull will know that they're big, bumbling, flying birds. You will never call a seagull graceful, and there's nothing pretty about them at all. They're the rats of the sky, so to speak. But Jonathan wanted to do what the bird thing just in a better way. So he spends hours and hours and hours trying to learn to fly faster, higher, and in more spectacular ways. Now he would rather learn and improve his flying abilities than eat. See, for him, flying is a special thing. Flying for Jonathan Livingston Seagull is the purest of joys. It's the thing that he does when he feels most himself. Eventually, the flock kicked him out and he went to go and live by himself. And he continued to learn how to fly ever more gracefully. But years later, he returned to the flock with extraordinary flying abilities. Yes, the flock still hated him, but still, over time, slowly but surely, more and more seagulls started following him in his quest to fly gracefully. See, his followers built and more and more seagulls joined his mission for flying gracefully. His followers started teaching other seagulls what they had learned from Jonathan as they improved their flying abilities too. It was always this strange book because my dad gave it to me to read apparently because there's a spiritual message in there somewhere. But I'm quite a practical kind of person. So the whole religious rubbish bits totally missed me by completely. See, the message I took from Jonathan Livingston Seagull was quite simple. In every generation, there are new goals to discover the secrets of exploring your passion. I learned that you can develop that passion through hard work, even if you have to go against the grain and the crowd. See, Jonathan Livingston Seagull taught me that someone ordinary can make themselves become extraordinary. And that truth lies in everyone. Anyone can do it. I can do it. You can do it. See, the message that 
anyone willing to look and work hard enough can achieve whatever greatness, whatever your passion is, listen to everyone. My passion today is to generate leads for my clients. So I generally believe that I can achieve greatness by doing the hard work and research to find out what works. So I'm going to do more of the good stuff and make much fewer mistakes. The second book that has influenced my thinking is a book called Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. My manager in my first professional job in online marketing gave me the book to read after I decided to close the business and move on. I was, tw- I was 21, thereabouts, and I was devastated. I was closing a company called TheShelf.com. And The Shelf was one of the first 5,000 e-commerce businesses in the UK when I joined them in 1997, thereabouts. See, I was a manager and I got decent pay for writing blogs and advising business leaders. Effectively, I was a management consultant, come e-commerce, content development manager. The idea of moving on from my role as development guru at The Shelf was traumatic to say the least. See, Who Moved My Cheese is a story about two mice, Sniff and Scurry, and two people, him and her. They lived in a, in a maze. Their sole purpose in life was to find cheese. Cheese being the sign of greatness and success. See, Sniff and Scurry spend most of, the, most of their time running up and down the corridors of the maze looking for cheese. They run from one end to the other, turn around, and then come back again to see if there's any cheese magically appeared or not. If not, they turn around and they run back up the maze and they run back down again. You see, whilst this pattern may seem pretty unstructured and mindless, if you think about it, it actually saves time and energy. If you don't go and look, you'll never find the cheese there, will you? Anyway, him and her are two little people who spend their days in the maze looking for cheese. They're not looking for cheese because they're hungry, looking for cheese because to them, cheese is a sign of success that will make them happy. They'll be content with life and they find more cheese. Also, being the humans in the maze, they had higher, higher goals, you know, call it that. Their, their thinking was, it wasn't just food. Their thinking was achievement, success, feeling, I guess, proud of themselves and thinking, you know, feeling admired by the mice. In any case, look, Sniff and Scurry soon found a big stash of cheese at a station, Station C, apparently. And even though they enjoyed snacking a bit of the cheese every day, they kept paying attention. The amount of cheese was declining slowly but surely every day. And once they realized I was about to run out, the mice decided to move on on their own accord. They moved away from the maze, at least where they were in the maze, and they found another huge stash of cheese at station N. See, when him and her, the apparently clever ones, because they're humans, found the cheese at station C, they settled there. Very quickly, they grew accustomed to the norm, the status quo the comfort zone. See, the cheese fest they indulged in every day soon became the center of their lives. And because they saw it as just reward for their hard work, then they became so preoccupied with the cheese that they didn't even notice they were disappearing. So one piece at a time, the cheese was going. And even some of the, some of the corners of the cheese got moldy, but still him and her didn't quite notice. One morning they woke up, one morning they woke up and to find someone had moved the cheese. Maybe because it was moldy. That's why I thought at the time anyway. Anyway, this left him and her sad, depressed, feeling unfairly treated and in denial. Instead of going out to find new cheese, him and her kept coming back to station C every day. The cheese had gone. But they got hungrier and weaker as the days went by. The first lesson I learned from who moved my cheese was quite simple. 
no supply of cheese can last forever. Success does not last forever for any one method. Change is always bound to happen. And sooner or later, instead of fooling yourself, that thing is we always stay the same forever. You need to keep an eye out for change. And when you see change coming, do something. You see, Ha eventually got sick of sitting around. So he decided to go to look for new cheese all by himself. Once he started moving, you know, started finding bits of cheese here and there. And there's a few small bits to start off with. But then he realized that this was a lot better than doing nothing and being paralyzed by fear of waiting at station C. See, Ha eventually realized that the fears in his mind that I built up about leaving station C were a lot worse than even the biggest challenges he encountered on the journey. So full of confidence, motivation, drive, call it what you like, he kept exploring the maze until eventually he found Sniff and Scurry at station N, the new station with cheese. And all three of them shared the new cheese they found. You can imagine who died out to this doctor, can't you? Um, yeah. Anyway, the second big lesson I learned from who moved my cheese was to understand that life is a pattern of embracing change, finding success, looking out for more change and then embracing it again. This book helped me genuinely understand that an optimistic attitude to life and marketing methods is essential. So I dare say, you know, this book's roughly five hours each to read. I mean, Who Moved My Cheese is 96 pages, whilst Jonathan Livingston Siegel, 144 pages. You know, that's back, that's back to front. They weren't so small, I probably wouldn't have read them in the first place. But if you get a chance, you know, have a look at Who Moved My Cheese and Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Anyone who's read them will tell you they are simple, but poetic in what you learn from them. So back to the learning content, as we know it, LinkedIn has moved our cheese. You see, it's amazing to reflect that these books can help you rationalize how to move from dependency on LinkedIn, as great as its functions and features are, to a better place. Here's how. See, marketing is never fixed. When your cheese moves, in other words, when your target audience moves, so your marketing method changes, you have to move on to where your new, your new target markets are, where your new goal is, where your new success is. So now that LinkedIn has moved how it works and made it even more difficult to get leads for me and my clients on the platform, I will move on to other marketing methods that will get us in front of a target market and help us continue to grow by generating more leads. I strongly advise that you do the same instead of depending solely on LinkedIn or any one social network for all of your marketing. I'll come back to the options that we have in terms of doing marketing better and more in a few, you know, in a few minutes. So it's easy to, to fear what might happen to your lead generation if you're not on LinkedIn anymore. But the fear is a lot worse than, than the reality of moving on. Let's face it, in a world of billions of people, only a fraction is on LinkedIn. It's just not true that all of your clients are on LinkedIn only. I mean, if you look at it, Facebook has billions of daily users, billions. LinkedIn has 700 million, 800 million at maximum. Your clients are certainly on Facebook. I mean, your clients are certainly on Google. I mean, Google has billions of users every day. Your clients are not just on LinkedIn. The trick is to find other ways to get in front of them and in good numbers. I don't say that lightly. I mean, with LinkedIn, when you could do a sizable volume of connections, you generated a lot more leads. 
See, many companies you sell to are not on LinkedIn at all, as I said. And not every company gets their clients from LinkedIn today. So by all means, use LinkedIn with a pinch of salt, knowing that if they block your account tomorrow, you won't go out of business and die. Maybe you want to download your LinkedIn Connections database today. That way you have that information in case the worst happens. So Jonathan Livingston Siegel tells us that if you put enough effort into learning new and better ways to reach your target market, you'll be happier and I dare say likely more profitable as a business. Also, not worrying about dealing with LinkedIn's weirdness and random restrictions may even improve your mental health, as has done mine. So how do we move forward then? If not LinkedIn, what other marketing methods are there? This is where I'm genuinely excited about the future and what's coming in future learning episodes. So as I record this, I'm running campaigns and tests on Google search ads and Facebook ads. I'm running targeted email campaigns for us at global.media and for our clients. I'm improving my content creation skills so I can do more engaging brand storytelling on client social media posts. So we're creating websites for clients. Well, we started by creating the high converting web pages to go with the ads that we're running. So we're investing in graphic design so that we can provide branding at some point to engage our clients' target audience when we do reach them or when they come to us. See, and there's one best kept secret about global.media. Did you know that we've actually got a mobile app at global.media? Simple as it is, it's called the global.media app. You just go to any of the app stores, Play Store, App Store, and search for global, full stop, media, the app will come up. You can recognize it by our logo. Global.media app is an online directory that lists businesses that we trust to deliver to our clients and our network. So our app users can go to find suppliers and contractors that we recommend and that are handpicked. I'd love to have you as part of our trusted partner network. Just download the app, whether it's an Android, iOS, or progressive web app, and send us a request to join form from the app. And then we'll do our vetting process and then begin to recommend you to people who are looking for your services. These are some of the marketing methods, as well as LinkedIn, that will form the topics that I'll be sharing insights on in the coming episodes of the learning. Of course, I'll continue to bring you content about LinkedIn, and I'll continue to bring you experts who have unique insights into, into their marketing strategies, both on and off LinkedIn, that you may find useful too. The world has changed, but we will survive and we'll do well, people. Look, marketing is always evolving, and so should you. Whilst I always sing the praises of LinkedIn as a marketing platform, we must accept that LinkedIn is only one of many platforms that can help you get to your next customer. LinkedIn's unaccountability and random behavior and its rules and how it applies them mean that it's time to develop our other marketing skills to be truly extraordinary in generating leads and getting customers for our business. I hope you will join me for the next episode of The Learning, when I'll be sharing more marketing strategies to help you get more clients. Who knows? I may even work through another one of my LinkedIn subjects that I haven't addressed yet and that I have plans to tackle. I mean, if you, I've got pages of content that I have planned about LinkedIn that I haven't even gone there yet. Until then, that's all for this episode of The Learning with me, Media. I hope you've enjoyed listening to me today. If so, as always, please give us a like and subscribe 
or hit notifications to be the first to know when the next episode of Learning comes out in a couple of weeks. Happy marketing! We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Learning Podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast to stay ahead of your competition on LinkedIn and head to global.media.com to find out more.